Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. so much for coming on Crimeland. Thank you're you very for good. having me. Uh, we're going to talk about something pretty gruesome. I hope you're all right with that. I'm all ears. We're going to talk about a lady called Catherine Knight. Don't know if you've heard of her. I haven't. I deliberately okay. haven't gone near this. Oh, you, you know what? You're such a good Crimeland guest because I'll have to admit now, my research has probably been kind of lacking at times. And when I tell people who the topic in question is, there is something slightly irksome about them coming in with actual facts. I'm like, hang on a minute. <laughs> you sit right there and then questions and I'm like you know I don't know the answer to that okay moving on um, now so Catherine Knight was the first Australian woman to be sentenced to life imprisonment without parole she was convicted of the murder of her partner John Price in October 2001 and she's currently detained in Silverwater Women's Correctional Centre Okay. Thank you you're very good at the accents now so I'm going to be can you do an Aussie? You can do so many I can, but I don't know how, how kind of like, I don't know if I can do like a really dirty, crimey Aussie. But do you know, it. like, do you know I can do like a kind of a like, I don't know, like a kind like of a summer, summer bay. bay. Yeah, nice. like the checky uniform. But you, can you do summer bay bag girl? Oh. You you are a summer bay bag girl. I do, I'll try and muster something up. But. I just love your accents. Honestly, the one phoning it in I did with you, I was literally just chewing. That was a lot of fun. I was chewing my arm off because I was like, oh, I didn't realise everyone at this table was so talented. All I can do is a Cork accent. That's a fact. I actually really struggle with the Cork because I can do it for a second and then I go complete Northern Irish and then right back to my own really? voice. Can't you do do, do an unbelievable Can't Northern Irish. I have to say again like very nervy now I probably won't be able to do it but the um, there's no pressure okay I'll, I'll try and zero if you feel like channeling a Northern Irish Summer Bay bad girl okay 
do it but if not we're loving Sophie right. Shanley okay. as well so it's a really this is a so real it's recent kind of enough one. Rel- very recent yeah we should be rolling around in 2001 I say that but somebody did message me during the week and tell me they were born in 2002 which did kind of make me want to kill myself that. but anyway thank you for listening and welcome younger generation to Crimeland so originally from the town of Aberdeen in New South Wales in Hunter Valley which we know for the the wine, wine the vino the wine the Sauvignon Blanc Barbara it? yes of the, I think it's got a bit of everything Malbra. Barbara no. uh, who is was Catherine's mother was forced to move uh, to another town called Murray after beginning a relationship with Ken Knight who was a co-worker of her husband uh, so both families the Knight family and her husband's family were very well known in the conservative rural, rural area and the affair was a major scandal and two of Barbara's four children remained with their dad and two were uh, two others were sent to live with an aunt in Sydney. So Catherine Knight was born to Barbara and her partner Ken. Uh, she was one of twins in 1955. Uh, when her first husband died, Barbara's two kids who had lived with them moved in with her family. Barbara's grandmother was apparently an Indigenous Australian, so uh, from the Moray area, who had married an Irishman. She was proud of this fact and liked to think of her own family as Aboriginal. This was kept as a family secret as there was considerable race racism in the area at the time and it was a source of tension for the kids. Apart from the twin, the only other person that night was coaster was our uncle Oscar. Uh-oh. And she was devastated when he committed suicide in 1969 and continues to maintain that his ghost visit- visits her. Do you think what oh, do I'm you know thinking what? here is Oscar was I instantly what does it say about her Sophie but the second I hear the only person she was close to was an uncle it says I was Oscar like, was okay, fiddling I the know fuck where out this, of her I know where this is going yeah I mean you would think so but look that is just it us. must it must have been like maybe just oh god no I'm just, this is just going to sound awful but like go for it maybe maybe she was she was a bit fucked to start with and she well her childhood was pretty 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 hairy we're okay. going to get we're going to we're going to get to it now but yeah but i mean if, if you're if you're welcoming a sexual relationship with your own uncle well which i know we are we are speculating but if it's she holds him with such high regard after his death and, and the ghost is still visiting her in visits. prison yeah Come i mean on. Have you have you ever been visited by a ghost? Um, no. So I mean, <laughs> that'd be a really interesting story, um, or not? But have um, you ever been ghosted by a ghost? I've no, I think been... I would be questioning her relationship with Oscar mm-hmm. based on the fact that the whole family dynamic seems to be completely fucked. So we'll note that. So we'll note that. Okay, we've no evidence to substantiate mm-hmm. that whatsoever. Except for but it's Everything. just Summer Bay Bad Girl <laughs> and Julie Che coming to this conclusion. Okay. Now, Oh, nice. Uncle Oscar. <laughs> that, was, that was a bit like Cockney Uncle Oscar. <laughs> Let's go to the Uncle beach. Uncle <laughs> There's a nice little cave, Stop Catherine. It. I'll show you the cave and I'll show you my. Oh, you know what I'm going to fucking say. <laughs> Oh my God, gas! And she's like, Oscar. "Okay, all right, all right, Uncle oh, Oscar." Well. Uh, <laughs> gas, you're so good at the accent, Sophie. Steady. Catherine's dad, Ken, was an alcoholic who used violence openly and uh, used to, you know, um, used to intimidate the whole family. Barbara, her mother 
often told her daughters really intimate details. So TMI, too much information of her sex life and just how much she absolutely hated sex and men. Later on, when Knight complained to her mother that one of her partners wanted her to do a sex act that she didn't want to, Barbara told her to... I was probably a blowy, maybe. What would you think? <laughs> yeah. Let's face it. I mean, how? Yeah, okay. So, would you ever look forward to one of those? I'm. It wouldn't be up top. No. I mean, I guess in a loving, committed relationship. I mean, I would think. I would think probably a blowy. But again, that's just me taking my own experience. Maybe that's just saying something about my yeah opinions in relation to sex acts. No, I hear you. Um, it was probably a blowy. I mean, I get yeah, and but the mother said, which I mean, I don't think. Look, do you know what? I'm not a parent, so I shouldn't be criticizing Barbara here. But she did tell her to put up with it and stop complaining. Which I don't know. It's just it doesn't sound right to me. It doesn't sound very kind of mummy to do that at all. <sighs> I mean. No, I probably wouldn't be going to my mother talking about how. But if if mum had been had been you know divulging all the well, deets about true. her and daddy's sex life, um, you would think nothing. She kind of it. thought it was normal. I yeah. think. Yeah, that's very true. So she's not true. like you or I. Like I've never sat down with my mum and been like, I mean, oh no, you know we don't do that. But. Um, where was I going with that? There was something else there. I think, I think, but again, it kind of points to the fact like there was obviously this kind of very messed up tonight. Very messed up. Herself. And then as well as that, she was also, um, she was also sexually abused by several members of her family. Oh my God, dad uh, was that it too. Which until she was 11. But weirdly, not by her father, she insisted. Okay. When, uh, sorry, I don't know why I say, but weirdly, not by her father. Because <laughs> he was what such a fuck, prick. Julie? And he was but, beating mom around yes, the place. Yes, he is an asshole. I, like obviously other family members um, and then psychiatrists have accepted her claim as all her family members did confirm that the abuse actually did happen. So Catherine was by all accounts um, well I have to laugh at this sentence so by the way I used a few different sources of this. I used Murderpedia The Daily Beast, Wikipedia uh, and I also used the College Times as well, just as sources here. But one of these sources, I did have to laugh at this. This sentence reads as, Catherine was, by by all accounts, a pleasant girl who experienced uncontrollably murderous rages in response to minor upsets. I think that's... So there's a lot going on in that sentence. That could be said for many of us at times. Yeah, so she had, she was a bit of a loner in school, um, but she was also a bully, which I guess isn't surprising given the family background she came from. Angry girl. She assaulted at least one boy at school with a weapon and she also uh, assaulted a teacher as well. Um, But they did say that when she wasn't, she experienced these insane rages basically, Mm. but when she wasn't in a rage, she was actually like this model student, like perfect girl, like she actually earned awards for good behaviour, but she just had this really, really bad temper. I wonder how often she did that because... I know. Like... If this was a lot, you couldn't really just be like, oh, it's fine now, you're nice again. I know. Do you know, like, they well, must have been few and far between. To, like, some kind of, like, personality disorder because it's very strange very up and to down. go from... Yeah, but you know the way it, it, it's it's just very strange to kind of fly into those kind of rages. Like, mm. I'm sure, you know, we've all kind of felt um, when the teacher asked for a journal in school, you might think, oh, 
just love to give them a quick slap here but we didn't do it absolutely not that was the difference between us and Catherine Knight so on leaving school at 15 she actually hadn't learned to read or write so she was illiterate she did get a job straight away in a clothing factory and then 12 months later she left to start what she called her dream job now what would your dream job be Sophie I'm sorry but like how did she manage to go all the way through school without it being flagged that she couldn't read or write. I know, but I guess it does happen, doesn't it? I mean, clever she that illiterate. she managed to pull the wool over. Yeah. That's... I would think, again, no evidence to substantiate this whatsoever, okay. but just filling in. It's fun to fill in the gaps, mm-hmm. isn't it? Um, I Like, maybe she had a learning disability that wasn't, you know, detected. Yeah. Yeah, and obviously they weren't doing too much to yeah. help poor Catherine. Yeah, because, you know, she wasn't, you know, she was clearly smart in that she got through school. She was streetwise. She was streetwise, but she couldn't read or write. So she got her, twel- her 12 months later, she got her dream job. Okay. Now, what would your dream job be? Dream job would well, that's be... That's a hard question, isn't it? It's really hard. What? Like, I mean... Dream job. Okay, i Something say creative, I'd It would imagine. be something creative where... I could kind of do my own thing, go on lots of trips, go to nice places. Nice. Maybe write a bit of stuff, go... So maybe travel journalist? Yeah, but more just me having fun and not... Do you know what I mean? Not having to do stuff. Not having to do that, just kind of few documentaries or something. Oh, lovely. that would I'd say that would be it. Like a Sophie Shanley investigates. Sophie Shanley investigates and it would be a mix of like but one week holiday resorts. One week light fluffy just Sophie having a good time. Next week like volunteering Sophie. Um kind of but more niche. Like do you know like those Channel 4 documentaries where there's like the doggers and stuff. I'd be hanging around with oh, one of them. Nice. Yeah. And I'd be like show me the car park. Come on, Thank God Michael. I didn't know how you were going to end that sentence? <laughs> Take show off your mask. Show me the car park. Car park. Um, so it would be like a mix of like chilling out, doing my own thing, and just camera on me, and then investigating grimy, fucking weird, nice. horrible so kind of shit. Ross Kemp. Yeah. Oh, I like exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, Kemp yeah. Vibe. So RT, if you're listening, you're on the player, Sophie. I mean, you're killing it at the moment. Thank you. I know what I would be doing if I was Tell a producer me. in RT. I would be supporting you in this venture. What would we call it? So it would be Ross Kemp on gangs. Well, I wouldn't necessarily have Sophie to. Shanley investigates this Ross pitch. Kemp on gangs. Um, I think we'd call it Sophie's. So oh, I don't know. It's hard, isn't it? Let's see. I was thinking Sophie's Choice, but that's already been taken. Sophie's World, also already taken. And also, I don't want to associate myself with this world. It's not my world. I'm just dipping in. (sighs) So, um, Sophie Scrapes, because I'm scraping the surface. And a bit of alliteration. And it sounds sounds a little bit like I've got a skin infection. It does, But I can do, I can live with that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so we've got Sophie Scrapes. That's your dream. That's, I have to say, that was a very comprehensive response. Uh, Good. 12 months later, as I said, sorry, I've said that about 10 times. (laughs) She got her dream job. So that's your, Sophie Scrapes is Sophie Shanley's dream job. What's yours? 
Oh, mine. I I mean, look, this is a really boring answer, but I think my dream job would be to write my own stuff and like present my own stuff, whether it was like I'm probably I'm probably in that demographic now where I'm not going to be cast in anything uh, anytime soon. So if I could write something and star in it. Yes. Whether it like was a Sharon documentary or whether it was like a sitcom thing, that would be my dream. Yes, I hear you. Or T, if you're listening. Or T, Maybe we should join forces. I think maybe we should. Let's do it. Okay. Anything involving dogging, I'm there. Mm -hmm. Now, her dream job, though, was working at a local abattoir. Oh, my God. Cutting up awful. Where she was quickly promoted to boning. I think it sounds awful. Boning is not what it sounds like. And given her own set of butcher knives. So that's when you know you've arrived. When they're like, oh my God. We're very impressed. Here's your own knives. Now, obviously, people will be questioning like somebody with anger issue having their own set of butcher, butcher knives. Mm-hmm. Is it a good move? But maybe she found it kind of cathartic. I just don't know where to begin. Like, I mean, I find it hard at the best of times to what was that I find it hard to even deal with a, a chicken carcass a chick, yeah you know when you see it laid out in front of you like it's that t- and you're sticking your hand up it's arse or it's neck I don't even know which one but I mean we're talking red meat here yeah bigger like, than you and it's awful awful at home she hung the knives over her bed Sophie so that they would always be quote would always be handy if I needed them a habit she continued until her incarceration because they do take the knives off you then now what I'll say there is at least she's prepared and I do think about in the night time if somebody was to break in quite a lot and I'm God, I don't know if I should say this, but I'm not very prepared. (laughs) (laughs) But how can you be, though, is the thing. See, I have a fear where... I do have a very sharp ballpoint pen by my bed at all times. So you know if you've got a job on the hand now? Not nice. Oh, very sore. I mean, I've um, I've got a book, but it's not the paper paper of like an A4 sheet that could really give a good paper cut. Oh, yeah. So it's just the kind of toilet papery coloured paper. Like a paper cut now, if you put, you see, it's so difficult to plan a paper cut. It's all about the angle. Very hard but to inflict. A paper cut is fairly delib- debilitating. I know. Uh, maybe an aerosol, a good aerosol by the bed, just in the eyes, does down the, the mouth. Aerosol, does it blind you? Well, it would be very unpleasant. If they had asthma, it would be a great move as yeah. well. Uh, so Catherine first met her hard drinking co-worker David Kellett and completely dominated him so if Kellett got into a fight at the hotel Knight would step in the hotels where they all used to go drinking Knight would step in and back him up with fists without fail in Aberdeen she was known for offering armed combat to anyone who upset her so she met this guy and she always had his back and it sounds like there was a lot of alcohol involved, a lot of fighting, but that kind of suited Catherine. She was the deal well up, was well no blowjobs, loads of fisticuffs, no blowies. But I will support you in battle. Fair. Catherine married Kellett in 1974 at her request, so she asked him, and the couple arrived at the service on a motorcycle with a very intoxicated Kellett, uh, Kellett um, riding in too. And then, as soon as they arrived at at, uh, at the wedding, night. Mother Catherine, uh, Catherine's mother Barbara gave Kellett some advice. The old girl said to me to watch out. Okay. So this is a quote from Catherine. You better watch this one. 
or she'll fucking kill you. Stir. <laughs> imagine your mother saying this on your wedding day. She might. Stir her up like the worst. I can imagine my mother saying something like, I don't like your hair up. But yeah. like this is just not, you know, it's not ideal. No, it's Stir not. her up the wrong way or do the wrong thing and you're fucked. Don't ever think of playing up on her. She'll fucking kill you. And that, that was said, her mother talking. You're fucked. I mean, seriously. But like, Kellis, by the way, David is pissed off his head. So he's like, I know, she'll probably kill me, but come on, we're all here now. You're so funny, Barbara. Oh, oh what a bitch, eh? Oh, God. She's an eye bitch now. Uh, worst Australian accent. I'm so, I apologise to any no, Australian listener. On their wedding night, she tried to strangle him. Okay, so she was. It was getting this was a bit kinky. A fun honeymoon. I wonder. Ooh. It probably was. Well, sorry, wasn't a sex game gone wrong? Again, I always just presume sex game got wrong. No, Julie, no. It it's, wasn't it's a because sex we're, we're game talking gone about wrong. Australia. Michael, Michael Hutchins. Yeah, I was thinking that. Yeah, Michael Hutchins. I was like, sex game. No. Uh, it was actually because now Catherine said this she said she tried to strangle him because he fell asleep after only having sex three times oh I hate when that happens I hate when that happens come on (laughs) I want it ten times a night I mean honestly by the way it's very clear this is pre-Netflix yes I mean nobody's complaining about only three times a night when you're like oh I could get some love is blinding come on now I've just put tan on I'm a bit sticky I've done it once for God's three sake times. Do you know? three times and she was like no I, I must try to kill you now the marriage was particularly violent and on one occasion a heavily pregnant Catherine burned all David's clothing and shoes before hitting him back the head around the back of the head with a frying pan simply because he'd arrived home late from a darts competition and his reason for being late was that he'd made the finals which does seem unfair it seems really unfair I feel feel like she's penalising success there. I mean, darts is a very attractive game anyway, isn't it? If you look at the... I'd lo- I'm going to have to see a picture of this guy, actually. David, yeah, I'll, I'll, say, I'll find Thank a picture you. and send him out. I, I do think... I mean, I'd feel pretty safe if my partner was at a darts game True. and was laid back. It's all men, isn't it's, it? It's generally all Big men. Big fat men. But the other thing is, I do... I do have a certain amount of respect for women who just, if they're angry, they will, you know, fucking ruin something they like. Know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I would never have they it in me. Back. I wouldn't have the gumption. I'd be like, I'm, I'm, I'd send a mental text and that'd be yeah. the, the long and short I'd of it. I'd do a mental text and then I would apologise for the mental text yes. for the next 10 years. And then I would also, I'd probably express my own insecurities to like the girls' WhatsApp group. Yeah. I would also do a... You know, it's fine, but it wouldn't. It wouldn't be totally fine. I'd be, I'd be very, it's very fine, embarrassed at myself. Fine. I'd be like, can we never talk about it again? You can stay out late the next arts thing, whatever. But, but you know what? I think that's better than hitting him over the head with the frying pan, Sophie. I think I am more logical I in think, this. I think case. you're better than Catherine here. But I do love when you hear that somebody has like cut the arms off somebody's expensive Italian suits you kind or of something. Respect their yeah. honesty. I'm yeah. not saying I agree with like, you know, fucking bashing him 
like she did with the, yeah. with the saucepan or but frying pan. But she was pan. true to herself. She's true to herself and, and she got her point across. I think there's something to be said for that. I just and think it's a bold move to, to destroy something move. that they like. Do you know, to like, like just fling all his fucking aftershaves out the window. Yeah, or, you know. It's definitely, it definitely was a bold move. And uh, he did have a fractured skull. So he fled to the neighbours and he didn't decide then after that that he wasn't going to press charges um, because Catherine was back on her best behaviour. Because Catherine's giving it to him three times a fucking she night. She really is. <laughs> she really is. So May 1976, shortly after the birth of their first child, Melissa, uh, David left her for another woman and moved to Queensland, unable to cope with Catherine's possessive violent behaviour. Now, to be fair to Catherine, she's always been like that. So he's the one who's changed. He knew what he was getting into. He had the war. Barbara told him. He, yes, he had seen it with his own two eyes. And now there's a baby on the scene. He needs to be around to protect that. Sorry, David, but Baba. No. The next day, Catherine was seen pushing her new baby in a pram down the main street, violently throwing the pram from side to side. Oh. She was admitted to St. Elmo's Hospital in Tamworth, where she was diagnosed with postnatal depression and spent several weeks recovering. After being released, she was uh, p- uh, Catherine placed two-month-old Melissa on a railway line oh. shortly before the train was due, then stole an axe, went into town and threatened to kill several people a man in the district as old, known as Old Head who was the hero in the story found and rescued Melissa but only just before the train uh, was about to come along Catherine was arrested and again taken to hospital but apparently recovered signed herself out the next day what insane a few days later again this is pretty gruesome Catherine slashed the face of a woman with one of her butcher knives and demanded she drive her to Queensland to find David sorry but after it seems after slashing somebody's face to then demand a lift like <laughs> I don't know where she's coming from think, but yeah no I think she hadn't thought that one true to ask her to, to hang fair. around with her for like the duration of the I'm guessing massive the trip woman, to Queensland well shock horror the woman was like thank you but no uh the woman escaped after they stopped at a service station. So obviously she felt, you know, threatened. Yeah, and she was yeah. like, look, obviously her face has been slashed at that point. But by the time police arrived, Catherine had taken a little boy hostage. She didn't want her own kid. And, was and she takes on another yeah, one. And was threatening him with the knife. So what we've learned here is that this woman should not have a knife. No, what, no knife, no husband and no kids should be around her. kids should not be in the vicinity. She was disarmed when the police attacked her with brooms, which is kind of amusing, but shouldn't be. And she was admitted then to a psychiatric hospital, like a, a little brush. But like, is that something they have in the in the car yeah, in suppose, Australia? Is like, it something they have in the petrol station? Oh yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I know. Instead of guns, they're just armed with brushes. You get in the Australia. broom. <laughs> Don't make me take out it's the broom. It's like equivalent to like a taser. So, uh, Catherine told the nurses in the hospital that she had intended to kill the mechanic at the service station because he had wait for this was this man's crime and it's totally reasonable. Okay, he had. Oh, excuse me. He had prepared, sorry, he prepared, he had repaired David's car, which had allowed him to leave. And this was her plan, that she was going to kill this mechanic. Because she? when you think about it, <laughs> he was the reason that David could leave. It's not, it's not. If David, David hadn't had a car, he couldn't leave. That is peak, peak psycho now. 
yeah. to be honest. Peak psycho. So when police informed David of the incident, he left his girlfriend along with his mother and they both moved to Aberdeen to support her. So, sorry. I know. So they moved back to support her. So, so Catherine is back with the husband at this point. Well, I don't know where they back together. We'll just, we'll just. But he's supporting her. Well, I think maybe supporting her in an emotional okay. sense. Yeah, because obviously Melissa and stuff was back, you know, in this town. So I, th- I don't think they were romantically together. Who's minding Melissa now? Not oh, you know his who? Mom? I hope it's not Barbara, to be honest, because Barbara's a bit of a nut job Jesus, as well. no, not Barbara. Catherine was released on the 9th of August 1976 into the care of her mother and also David's mom. And along with David, uh, oh, so along with David, they did get back together. Okay, okay. so they re- so uh, when she got out from hospital, they did uh, come back to one another and they moved to suburb of Brisbane, where she obtained a job at the Dinmore Metaworks in nearby Ipswich. On the 6th of March 1980, they had another daughter, Natasha. In 1984, Catherine left David and moved in first with her parents in Aberdeen and then to a rented house uh, nearby. Although she returned to work at the abattoir, she injured her back the following year and went on to disability. No longer needing to rent accommodation close to her work, the government gave her effectively like a housing commission house, which is the equivalent of a of a council house okay. in Aberdeen. But I mean, I have to say, I'm surprised that Catherine did leave David there because, like, it did seem kind of sound of him to He's come back. He's put up with an awful lot. I mean, I wouldn't have gone back. I definitely did. I mean... I'd be very worried and for my life. And then she left him. Life. And then he went on to have another kid with her. Obviously, there was something very alluring about this woman. Well, and do you know what? The more you read on it, the more you're like, oh my God, she obviously had this insane power over Mm. men. Because then she met another David and this David was called David Sanders in 1986. So we're now like 10 years into this. Yeah. He was so he's like he's thirty eight years of age. A few months after they met, he moves in with her and her two daughters because Natasha and Melissa were with her. Uh, and Catherine soon became jealous what Sanders was doing when she wasn't around, and she would often throw him out. He would move back to his apartment in Scone, and then she would obviously come back and say, "Oh, I'm really sorry. Beg him to return and all that." So they had a very thinking, volatile relationship. Was she thinking he was fancying? The kiddies. I wonder. Like it's it it just seems like she was this insanely jealous personality. Yeah. Like it just seemed like there was no. I again. She not doesn't to make really know what she wants. But she there doesn't was no know. Like, pleasing Catherine. No. Really, to no. Be honest. Nothing will satisfy nothing her. Nothing really. was gonna satisfy her. And this is where you know we really like just a bit of a trigger warning because this is really gross. In May 1987, she cut the throat of his two-month-old dingo pup in front of him for no more reason other than uh, as an example of what would happen if he ever had an affair before going on to knock him unconscious with her old friend the frying pan but like <laughs> now her, the first thing I thought friend. when I read that was I didn't know you were allowed to have tingles as pups well neither did I after the whole Azaria Chamberlain case you know do you listen to case file did the other day with, that's with, why with I'm so brushed episode. up on it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. But, but it surprises me that he would have a dingo puppy 
he was obviously a fan of the old dark side in his own way. Clearly if he wants Porsche's this little danger. this little dog monster in the home. Yeah, and sharing a bed with a totally different type yeah. of monster. Yeah. yeah. So in June 1988, she gave birth to her third daughter, Sarah, which prompted Sanders to put a deposit on a house. Um, so she's really good at getting them to commit. I mean, he's she's locking him in. Yeah. Big time. So which Catherine paid off through when her workers' compensation came through in 1989. Catherine decorated the house with animal skins, skulls, horns, rusty animal traps, leather jackets, old boots, machetes, rakes and pitchforks. Um, so again, just made it really nice and homely. It's a good theme. Yeah. And it's a, it's consistent, obviously. She's carrying it through the home. Yeah, It's lovely. not just a feature wall or a <laughs> or a leather couch. It's, it's everywhere. There's cohesion here. Yeah. Um, um, after an argument when she hit Sanders in the face with an iron uh, she then stabbed him in the stomach with a pair of scissors so she's moving up now she's moving beyond the fire, frying pan good to know as well that we can just have some scissors beside our beds to protect us well a scissors now would be a handy one wouldn't it wouldn't it I think we Although can take to be a... honest my scissors at home are so blunt you'd probably want like I mean a nail scissors wouldn't do the job I don't know. I've hurt myself with the nail scissors before. <laughs> it's a jungle out there, you Sophie. Uh, so look, that was the final straw for him. He moved back to his house. Uh, he was like, I'm done with this. Uh, he took he took um, leave from work and he went into hiding. Catherine then tried to find him, but no one admitted to knowing where he was. Several months later, he returned to see his daughter and found that Catherine had gone to the police and told them she was afraid of him. That old chestnut. Oh, I'm so scared. And they issued her with basically a restraining order against him. Okay. Yeah. So John, in 1990, then Catherine became pregnant by another co-worker. Well, she wasn't working in the abattoir anymore, but a former co-worker. She's, yeah, it's a pattern. I know, but she's... It's a pattern of behaviour, isn't it? She's not that into the the kids when they come out. So why does she keep... I know. I think she wants to keep going maybe for a boy. Okay. Um, Because she had a boy this time with her abattoir co-worker, Chillingworth, John Chillingworth. Uh, Their relationship lasted three years before she left him for a man that she'd been having an affair with for some time and that man's name was John Price. So John Price, do you want to take a guess what his nickname was? Pricey. Pricey. <laughs> I think he's Pricey. Pricey. But uh, that's English. So Speaking Kate Price, Katie Price, my only hope is that you're listening to this podcast because I'm oh. such a fan. I am obsessed with Love that show. My Katie crazy Price. life. And she's actually really fucking cute with Harvey. But sure, she's great. Like she is. Sorry, Dwight, where have you been all these years? You stupid prick. Honestly, and you know when she was selling the Barbie Jeep. Yes. And um, I think I mentioned this on another podcast, but uh, people put up again shame to shame her. They put up these pictures of like there was fake tan on. They're so mean about her mucky mansion and her and her cleansing wipes, like used cleansing wipes. And both myself and Emma said at the time. That would increase the value for us. Like yeah. knowing I had an actual Katie Price <laughs> used cleanse, cleansing, of Katie light, Price. Just 
love pricey. Love pricey. So this was the other pricey. Was the father of three children when Catherine had an affair with him. Reputedly a, quote, terrific broke, liked by everyone who knew him. His old marriage had ended in 1988. While his two-year-old daughter had remained with his former wife, the two older kids lived with him. Price was well aware of Catherine's violent reputation and she moved into his house in 1995. His children liked her. He was making a lot of money in the mines and apart from really violent arguments, life was okay. Things were going well. In 1998, they had a fight over Price's refusal to marry her. And in retaliation, Catherine videotaped items he had stolen from work and sent the tape to his boss. I mean, you she respect that. is a sneaky she woman. She did not come to play. Photographs. And then going to the... Like, this is obviously before phones or anything. She took them on a camera. Like an she old She went school, to the yeah. photo shop and got them developed. An and was like school camcorder. Caught, yeah. Unbelievable. So although the items were out of date medical kits that he'd scavenged scavenged from the company rubbish tips, so it doesn't seem like the worst crime ever. (laughs) Why did he even fucking want them? Like you'd think it was going to be like TVs or something. (laughs) Something a bit juicy. No, why would he want them? I suppose bandages and stuff don't go off. (laughs) (laughs) Saline solution. What are you doing, mate? I don't know why I'm speaking in English accent and this is Australia. Price was fired from the job he'd had for 17 years. Now, as you can imagine, yeah. he's not going Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm be too happy. That same day, he kicked her out and she went to her own home. Um, and obviously, this story was going all around the town. A few months later, again, it's just we know Catherine at this stage. She comes back to her. And uh, so they restart the relationship, although he now refused to allow her to move in with them. He's like, we need our space. Okay. Like, what What was her like perfume or I something? Know. What is it? Like, I can't fucking get a date. Never mind, like 20 fucking you know suitors. What? This is what I find quite infuriating. I anyone. The amount of times men in my life have called me a psycho. And I'm like, I think I think we need a bit of context Hold here. Hold on a second. This is just, it's... 
It's insane. So the fighting became more frequent and most of his friends would no longer have anything to do with him while they remained together. In February 2000, a series of fights um, and a series of assaults on Price culminated with Catherine stabbing Price in the chest. Finally fed up, he kicked her out of the house. But I mean, again, I feel like a man would have <laughs> kicked me out. <laughs> Kick me out like long before I know. I just need to seem too like interested, and I'm fucking given the boot like this. Well, is just... I mean, honestly, I mean, I I just like as like honestly, I think my biggest crime in previous relationships would have been being too interested. Mm. In that, I see two blue ticks. They haven't responded. I'm typing <laughs> yeah. already, and they're like, "Okay, we need to end this." But yeah. I'm not turning up with their gas, stabbing them in the chest, I... and still hoping to make it work I would pretend that I was absolutely into the dingo puppy <laughs> even though I don't even like dogs that much I would be like oh I bought it some treats are you more a, a cat person absolutely not I actually don't like cats really? at all but just dogs I'm like oh yeah you're nice I'll pet you but I'm I really well, am not I like had, come here I had dog. a horrible experience that a couple of years ago I've always been a massive dog person and I do They're like cats grand. as well um, but I did witness a dog attacking a child a couple of years ago and I have to say mm. it's just made me really nervous about dogs since. It's And we've always had a dog yeah. in the house. But it's just, it's kind of just made me a bit more nervous about them. Still love the dogs, by the way. I totally get you. Like, as a kid, I was obsessed with dogs to the point that I had a CD-ROM called DOGS capital letters. And I knew every breed, every fucking detail about dogs. But... Then I had a horrible experience where my dog met a terrible end. Oh no. And it put me through such trauma that I'm just like, fucking dogs. Who who it's cares about dogs? I think it is. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. But you still would have pretended to like the dingo puppy. A hundred. Even with that history. Percent, I would like have even had. Even with your, what you're bringing to the table. Mm-hmm. Yeah. CD ROM dogs. I would have had a, a box of bisque rocks ready for him. <laughs> Shaky or a shake. baby, whatever they'd prefer whatever to name Whatever you want. Um, so uh, he fi- kicked her out of the house after the stabbing on the 29th of February. He stopped. Uh, he stopped on the court at the court and on his way to work and took out a restraining order to keep her away from both him and his kids. That afternoon, Price told his co-workers that if he didn't come to work the next day, it would probably be because Catherine had killed him. <laughs> So they said, "Look, just don't go home." And he was like, "No, I have to go home because if I don't go home, he's gonna, she's gonna kill my kids." Price arrived home to find that Catherine, although not there herself, had sent the kids away for a sleepover. So straight away, I'd be calling the cops. Oh yes. He then spent the evening with the neighbours before going to bed at eleven o'clock. Earlier that day, she had bought. Now, what? Look, we've all done this. You know the relationship is over, but what you do is you go off and you buy new underwear. So she went off, she got some nice lingerie um, and she uh, landed back at the house this podcast where he was sleeping, sat watching TV for a while, had a shower, she then woke Price and they had sex after which she'd fallen asleep. So even though she has stabbed him... Just the ones. Just the ones. So she's yeah. now learned to temper her expectations. Yeah. Um. Even though he's been stabbed by her and has told his co-workers she'll probably kill me, 
he's still like, oh, that's a new set. These are basic, basic fuckers that really I mean, all it takes honestly, is a bit of red satin and dick up. They're that you know, easy. Bloody, yeah. They're that easy. Memory gone. At 6am the next morning, the neighbour became concerned that his car was still in the driveway and when he didn't arrive from work, his boss then sent someone to see what was going on. They tried knocking on Price's bedroom window um, after noticing blood on the front door, uh, obviously rang the police who landed at the house at about 8 o'clock. Breaking down the door, they found his body with Catherine comatose from taking a large number of pills. She had stabbed Price uh, with a butcher's knife while he was sleeping. According to the blood evidence, he awoke and tried to turn on the light before trying to escape. So she chased him. He managed to open the front door and get outside, but stumbled back inside or was dragged back in and then he basically died after bleeding out. Later, Catherine went into town and withdrew $1,000 from his ATM account. She doesn't fuck around, does she? This is all like... I, I mean, I, I get and that it gets she's, worse. she's like, oh, you know, I've bought myself this underwear. <laughs> I need to reimburse myself. And, you know, he's not going to be working now because I fucking it. killed him. Yeah, so... But, so, but still, a thousand seems extreme. Yeah. Uh, so it gets worse. His autopsy revealed he'd been stabbed 37 times in both the front and back of his body with many wounds extending into his vital organs. The worst part of the story is several hours after he had died, Catherine skinned him and hung the skin Stop. from a meat hook. Stop it. Yeah. Uh off the door into the sitting room. So like there was this kind of hook thing uh, that she put on the door. So you're telling me when the when the police arrived, they found a skinned man. Oh, like worse again. So <laughs> <laughs> like it gets worse. She I'm then decapitated going. him. Okay. So like really the skills, the abattoir skills, it's all coming back to her now. Yes. So she decapitated him and the weirdest part of the story, she then cooked parts of his body. So okay. she served up the meat with baked potato, pumpkin. Now I did read through this list earlier on. I was like, oh God, I'd love, I actually wouldn't mind some pumpkin. <laughs> um, baked Sounds potato, pum- pumpkin, courgette, uh, cabbage, butternut squash and gravy. Oh my God. Um, and the weirdest part of this whole thing was so she set it up at the dinner table and she then had notes beside each plate each having the name of one of Price's children on it and she was preparing to serve his body parts to his kids. No. Uh, yes. Isn't that just like the most mental thing you've ever heard in your life? I'm still reeling about the fact that she had cabbage and and courgette and this mad edge. Mediterranean mix with like a Thanksgiving dinner and also human it's flesh. It's a lot of edge. It's it's a lot of edge for such a carnivore, yeah. clearly. And feeding them their dad. I know. What kind of thrill is she getting a out of ter- that? A third meal was thrown onto the uh, onto the, Barbie. Into the back garden. <laughs> onto the Barbie. <laughs> but uh, it's thought that basically that that was Catherine's meal and that she had tried to eat it but couldn't. And this was put forward oh, in that's support nice. of her claim that she had no memory of the crime. So, like, don't say she doesn't have a conscience. She's got a heart. If, like, if she wasn't able to um, assimilate, you know, the human flesh... Yeah, uh, you know, like it just she was like, no, this even by my standards now, this is a bit much. Price's head was found in a pot with vegetables. The pot was still warm 
I've I've no idea why this detail is here, but I'll just share it with you anyway. <laughs> uh, in case you're wondering, what temperature would you cook yeah. a human head at? <laughs> it was between 40 and 50, degree, 50 degrees Celsius. So what we call a low heat, guys. Okay, okay for those of you not, not in even arena, bubbling, well. just uh, just just simmer, mm. gentle simmer, indicating that the cooking cooking had taken place in the early morning. Sometime later, Catherine had arranged the body with the left arm draped over uh, a soft drink bottle with the legs crossed. This was claimed in court to be an act of um, kind of, I suppose, like they called it defilement, but basically showing how much she hated him, like she was just making a mockery of his body. Like, sorry, but like, where does the soft drink fit in? Like, how is that embarrassing? Like, you fucking love <laughs> soft drinks, you fat prick. Like, I think it was just like, you never oh, drink look enough at you water. there. Look at you there chilling, drinking a drink. Like, I suppose it was With just... your fizzy pop, you <laughs> bastard like I think it was just the ridiculousness of it it is very very ridiculous Uh, so Catherine had left a handwritten note on top of a photograph of Price bloodstained and covered with small pieces of flesh yuck the note read time got you back Jonathan for now uh, this just a bit of a trigger warning because it's quite a, a, a shocking claim by the way, this claim was found to be totally groundless, like without merit whatsoever. Time you got back, Jonathan, for raping my daughter. You you two, Beck, uh, which was Price's daughter, for Ross, for little John, who was his son. Now play with little John's dick, John Price. Loads of spelling mistakes there as well, but we D-I-K. knew that she was yeah. illiterate. Okay. Um, so the accusations in the note were the accusations were found to be totally without merit. Sorry. Now at the trial, her initial offer to plead guilty to manslaughter was rejected, and she was uh, on the second of February two thousand and one on the charge of murdering Price. She entered a plea of not guilty. Her trial, I mean, which is insane. That her is trial was initially nuts. fixed. Uh, for the 23rd of July, but was adjourned due to the fact that her solicitor was sick. I was refixed. When the trial commenced, Justice Barry O'Keefe ordered the 60 jury prospects the option of being excused due to the nature of some of the photographic evidence. When the witness list was read out, several of the of the potential jurors also dropped out. Uh, Catherine's attorney then spoke to the judge who adjourned it to the following day. The next morning, Catherine had decided to change her plea to guilty and then they just dismissed the jury. It was now made public that Justice O'Keefe had been advised of the plea change the day before. He adjourned the trial, ordered a psychiatric assessment um, and Catherine's legal team had planned to defend Catherine by claiming amnesia and disassociation, a claim supported by most psychiatrists although they did consider her sane which was the thing. So they said that she did have some kind of dissociative personality but she was also not insane. So she, she knew what she, she was, was doing. doing. Of course! No reason has ever been given for the guilty plea but I mean Presumably the evidence was overwhelming. But despite giving it, Catherine still refused to accept responsibility for her actions. At the sentencing hearing, Catherine's lawyers requested that Catherine be excused to avoid hearing some of the facts, but the application was refused. Um, and then uh, when the doc- one of the doctor, well, the doctor, the main doctor took the stand and described the skinning and decapitation, Catherine became hysterical and had to be sedated. I I smell a good actress here. I mean, like this is Oscar-winning, really. Like, like you had, did it. She had that head on simmer. Do you know what I mean? Like she she actually took the time to hack it off. Yeah, she took the time to um, 
to actually set up the table get the ingredients get going. the little place names like seriously so on the 8th of November he pointed out the nature of the crime and Catherine's lack of remorse required a severe penalty Penalty. so obviously she got sentenced to life imprisonment refused to fix non-parole period and ordered that her papers be marked never to be released which was the first time that that had ever happened to a woman in Australian history and she's still just rotting she's still, away in she's jail. She's still alive, yeah. So in so she's still there. And then in June 2006, she appealed the life sentence, of course. Um, but like this was obviously rejected. And uh, the, one of the judges at her at her um, appeal case said this was an appalling crime almost beyond contemplation in a civilised society. She is still in prison, has no hope of ever getting out. Um, and I mean, it probably goes down even now as one of the most gruesome and disturbing murder cases ever, certainly in terms of ones I've read about. And that is the story of Catherine Knight. What I've... It's pretty mad, isn't oh it? Oh my God. I just, like, I, I'm kind of surprised that someone that fucking mental only did away with the one person. Well, do you know what she did? And the dingo. Yeah, do you know but, what? But, like, she's that terrifying and that kind of... It's almost surprising that she hadn't killed before. Yeah. Like, I mean, what she did was so <laughs> disgracefully... Yeah, yeah. And, like, so scarring for, like, all the people that would have to go through the... Imagine documents and the bloody yeah. photos and everything but yeah fuck me she's a but yet like they were mad for her which is just why that's totally incredible that's the bit that i incredible, want to know more about like what was it that these guys just she was obviously just this really enigmatic character it's just it's it's just insane like again the fact that she you know will be stabbing them and all the rest and they'd still be like look okay We'll give a one more go. Now that, by the way, if you want a visual, so that's Catherine there. Okay, okay. Sh- oh my God, plain Jane just, is not. Normal looking. She looks like fucking Margaret Thatcher. She just is completely normal looking human, and being. she actually has quite a kind sort of a like. That's like, her now. Okay, that's her now. She does look much older now. Oh my God. But I mean, she she is much older. Like this was 20 years ago. Looks a little bit like there's something wrong there. And if you want to do, if you want to do, I think, do you know what? I think that could be just the angle though. Because in this one, she looks grand. It's a little bit elephant. I I thought the same. Oh my God, peeking out of the... (laughs) can't believe you it's turned that around being like no look at this one like she's peeking out of her little warning. cell box thing yeah and they call her the granny ripper the granny ripper oh god yeah but look at her there when she was young obviously oh my god that's a picture of the um entrance to the house isn't it there that that brownie bloody is that, one is that the is that I, I think now to be fair they didn't release any oh that's the oh yes that's the entrance to the gaff a lot of blood Mm. Sorry, didn't spot that one. Um, but yes, so that is the story of Catherine Knight. Absolutely insane. Um, a roller coaster. Price, her husband. Now, Sophie, it's been an absolute pleasure. You're just totally gas. If we want to find you, where will we find you? Um, thank you. Uh, I've loved being here. Oh, stop um, it! And yeah, we've got to get our get our little uh, pitch. Well, we're going to go write the pitch now. Yeah, yeah. And I think if would you know what. It's a Friday, but we could probably drive out to RT this evening. I'm sure just do there's it. someone just, just batch around. it out. Yeah, just just you need to hang out in the canteen. Maybe That's just key. storm the stage of the late late and just 
put it to Ryan. Sophie scrapes. It has to happen. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna. So. It's gonna happen. If Catherine could be repeatedly forgiven, taken back by the men that she kept stabbing. My we show. can make your show yeah, work. I think so. Uh, but no, no I've it's loved definitely it. going to happen. What's your favourite social media of choice if we were to find you? The only one I really have would be now the Instagram. So all about the Insta. All about the Insta. Love the Insta. Uh, so it's just my name, just Sophie Shanley Yay! on Instagram. So pop over and give me a follow. And, and talking it out is on RT Player. It's on the RT Player and. Um, yeah, it's it's really short. It's so, so like you can listen gas. to it in a few minutes and it's just like all the best bits of the um, hour that we do it just kind of condensed in and it's gas. I think it's, it's so gas. I really enjoy Sophie. doing it. It's honestly the best thing I've seen on the player now for a while. So it's really, really good. Thank you. Thank you so pet. much for coming in. Thank you. And if you have enjoyed the podcast, please don't get forget to... <laughs> I'll say that again. If you have enjoyed the podcast, please don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. 